Welcome to the Wake Up and Live show. I am your host, mindologist Chantel Simone, and it is such an awesome pleasure to have you here today. I'm excited that you're here. We are about to go in today and just really shake up our perspective. So I'm happy that you're here with us. If it's the very first time that you're joining us, welcome. This show stands for three key things, purpose, mind mastery, and truth. So expect to be shifted, expect the unexpected, expect to hear that thing that you need to hear right now to be able to shift your thinking and your life to a whole nether dimension. I am so glad for what we've been able to put on today and the guests that we've been able to have. So make sure you hang tight and click that share button so you can be a blessing to others. Now, if it's the if you're if you're joining us on the show again for another time, thank you and welcome back. Just letting you know this season is all about the power of perspective. So we have been unpacking empowering perspectives from people across the nation and across the globe, especially around the main current affairs that's happening: coronavirus. Black Lives Matter movement, and reintegrating businesses back into society. So to help me in this season, I have a wonderful co-host. So please help me welcome Mr. Lester Bailey to the show. Hello, everyone. Thank you for joining us. This is another amazing day of perspective. How would you like to shift your mind and see the, the way that someone else thinks? How are you thinking? to sit here and join us in order to put your perspective on things. We'd love to have you. We live our lives on purpose. Join us as we talk about the perspective of others. That's right. I'm excited. We're going to do this today. So today we're actually, we're, we're joined by two very special guests. And, um, and I'm very excited to be able to have today's show. And it's really going to be impactful. Now, our topic today is understanding the next steps. So it may just be an understanding of the current state of affairs so that we can move on and move on powerfully. It may be understanding how to reintegrate into society as other cultures have already started to on, other, on the other side of the world. And it may just be wondering, well, what do we do next? You know, what's possible? There's a lot more questions out there than there are answers. So our goal here today is to have an empowering perspective of, two, of our two guests to be able to unpack this topic with you. So let's get to it. You ready, Lester? Yes, I am. Let's make this happen. <laughs> well, first of all, I want to introduce... Um, I want to introduce a gentleman who has been on the, who's been watching the show, who's been adding so much value to different episodes and comments, and has an empowering perspective. To, and he came on the show today, and I'm so happy he decided to to share his perspective, especially about a movement that's happening right now in our communities. So please help them, Dean. Welcome, Dean, to the show. Hey, hello, hello, Dean. Thank you, thank you for having me. Oh, it's such a pleasure. So Dean, why don't you give give the audience a little bit of taste of who you are and share three key things about you. Okay, um, I'm from St. Louis, Missouri. So the three key things, I guess, I, I started my corporate career for 35 years. And then in the last two and a half years, I became a small business owner. So that's probably one. 
I, um, I'm a problem solver. I love to improve things. And I also love to serve others. So my love language is, is acts of service. Oh, I love it. I love it. That's always, there's always such a gift in gratitude and gratitude in giving. So I love it. Beautiful. Well, awesome, Dean. I'm so glad to have you on the show today. I'm excited for your empowering perspective. And we have another special guest all the way from the other side of the world. And when I met this gentleman, he is just, I just thought, thought he was just phenomenal. He was fascinating. I loved his heart and who he showed up to be. And so let's hear his empowering perspective. Mr. Sahil, welcome to the show. Hi, everyone. Lovely to be here. Hello, hello. Well, it's awesome to have you. So why don't you give everybody a perspective of who you are and share three key things about you? Perfect. So I'm Sahil. I'm you know, joining in from Dubai, UAE. And three things. So the first one, I, you know, as you mentioned, heart, I'm very compassionate towards all living things. So that's people, animals, and, you know, Mother Earth. And hence why I live a very sustainable life as well as I follow a plant-based lifestyle. The second thing is I'm very disciplined. You know, I, I, when I put my mind to something, I'm going to go at it the whole nine yards. And the third thing is I love mornings. I love watching the sunrise. And believe it or not, it's 5.39 a.m. and I'm actually <laughs> seeing the sunrise right now. So it's, it's a blessing. Well, we honor and appreciate that uh, for you to be up that early with us. And we're glad we can enjoy the sunrise with you today. <laughs> <laughs> so today, uh, today, I, let's get right into it. I wanted to really unpack it. You know, we've, we've been doing the show, you know, we're wrapping up season three and we're talking about understanding the next steps. And so from your perspective, Dean, what is what in terms of coronavirus, what is um, what's your perspective on it right now and how it's been playing out and how we're moving into a new season? Well, um, obviously, we've, we've gone a few months and, and I guess, you know, the thought was by July, we'd be maybe not over it, but we'd be on the road to recovery mm -hmm. in the in, in the United States, specifically in the, in the state of Missouri, I'm close to Illinois, things have, have t definitely taken a step backwards of, um, you know, just with the amount of cases going up. So, so mm -hmm. it's really a, a, a shift back almost to what it was like in March, where you just, just didn't know what was going to happen for how long. So I think mm -hmm. that's Think that's where we're at right now and, and everybody knows school is going to start or is planned to start here in six weeks or so colleges and, and those type of things and, and and that's that's where we're at awesome and just share what what state that or what state that you're in as well missouri missouri all right awesome and then sahil you have uh tell me your perspective on the coronavirus and what it's like in the uae and dubai so one of the things that you know i heard earlier and you know some of you may remember the story of general stockdale from the vietnam war where he was a, a prisoner and you know there are a lot of people who are optimists you know we get easily brainwashed by the media or other people that it's going to end soon you know as dale mentioned i mean sorry as dean mentioned that it's going to end in 
July, some people thought it was going to end earlier and that everything was going to get back to normal. So look, it's good to be an, an optimist, but it's also we have to be a realist. And it's all about, okay, this is going to go on for a while. You know, let this be a defining moment in my life. You know, how am I going to pivot to come out of this stronger rather than sink in with the fear and the challenges that, that come with it? So it's all about the mindset. It's all about, you know, focusing on health, on immunity, on if you have a, if you're a business owner, managing your cash flow, but really understanding that until there's no sure shot when it comes to a vaccine, this could go on for a while. So let's be realistic and not keep thinking next month's going to get much better and it's all going to be over and we can all get back to normal because there is no normal. You know, what we lived in before wasn't sustainable. So right. it's now a new world you wish to enter into, and let's let's start moving in that direction uh, and, and unite. Yeah, makes total sense. Yeah, we'll we'll touch a little bit upon Corona a little bit later in terms of how um, our economies are responding to it and how we're reintegrating. Um, but I do want to move into a topic that it, it impacts us all. While it may be um, one particular group of people that are fighting for their lives, but it, it is, it's made a huge impact and a huge, I would say, dent in our economy. And that's around the Black Lives Matter movement and what's all happening. Now, um, Dean, we've been having a few conversations online and you've been chiming in and we just so love and honor and appreciate your, your inputs. And, and you know, you're saying you're listening, you're understanding. Can you share your perspective on the Black Lives Matter movement, maybe before you heard it, during, and what's your stance now? Just give us a perspective on that movement from your, from your lens. Sure, so I, I live in Florissa, Missouri, which is about 10 minutes north of Ferguson, where Michael Brown was shot. And I guess back when that happened, I really didn't have much of a perspective other than what I was taught or what I was brought up with and it wasn't negative things it just was was no information so so i was influenced a lot by the circle of people that i knew and associated with and also the media and and that perspective so that mm -hmm. but um with, with, the, with the the events with george floyd and even even before that with with the lady in central park that really heightened my awareness and really I, I contribute a lot of it to, to my wife to just gaining knowledge so it was really a, an, a, a humble approach to, to listen to um, engage and also to educate and um, really try to really try to do that to grow to to, to move out of my comfort zone and, mm -hmm. and to work. So if it was moving out of your comfort zone, what would you say that there was a particular stance that you had before, you know, the whole awareness of Black Lives Matter movement happened? Like what changed? Um, when I started listening and, and learning, I started getting a foundation that really shattered my white upbringing perspective on things and it really, really opened my eyes to some, some some really truths that were that were never spoken of or never taught or never even considered things like black wall street in, in tulsa um 
who who really who really should have credit for making Jack Daniels what mm -hmm. what the war on crime is really like and even the history of policing. I mean, that's just a few things that that um, I didn't set out to do, but as I started to engage and to listen to people and to and and to start in, taking in information um, outside of what I normally had, then my eyes were open. Wow. wow. So yeah. communication and learning how to see things, you know, to, to really go back in somebody's background to study them a little bit, kind of opened your eyes a little wider. But what made you actually want to investigate? That's that's a big question because so many people want to know just surface information and you decide to do a little deep diving. Interesting well, there. I've so, so I grew up, I've, I've lived in the same house for 35 years in Florida, and I went back and did some some looking at research. And in, in when I moved into my house, 95% of my community was white. Today, 55% mm -hmm. of my community is white. When I moved in, 4% were black, and now it's 40%. So I've, I've gone through... Um, the phrase I use is white flighting. I've I've had many friends leave because their property values are going to go down, or they're not comfortable with somebody that they're not comfortable with, et cetera, et cetera. So so it's been a process. It's, it hasn't just happened in an instance, but I would say in the last few years, especially going into the blue collar world from a corporate America. Let me tell you, when I walk around with painter's pants on and, and in Home Depot, I get recognized and I, I have the opportunity to to interchange, interact with, with other blue collar folks from all white, black, Hispanic, whatever, that I never did when I was wearing my dress casuals. Okay, so, so it was a process. I've engaged with a, a business owner that, that that's black, that, that we've had conversations with way before George Floyd and just it just it just started the ball rolling. My wife was very supportive. We'll watch mm -hmm. movies, we'll read books. Been mm -hmm. on a on a road trip, we listened to the new Jim Crow. And let me tell you, I'm not a reader, but you know, get the book on tape and listen and and expand your mind on on the reality of things. Wow. Wow. And you know, and, and thank you for sharing that. And what's what's really interesting, you know, I always look at life as a some people. I say I'm a, a citizen of the world, you know, and I I always say that you know we're all one race. And when I had the opportunity to start to travel, and I even met um, Sahil on the other side of the world, it was it was a different perspective, you know. So Sahil, can you share just from I I believe it's almost like almost a polar opposite, if I may. Uh, you know, perspective of what's going on in Dubai and how people are growing up and, and, and their their responsiveness, I guess, to other races. Can you share a little bit about that perspective? Absolutely. So I've been living in Dubai for the last 13 years. And one thing that's absolutely amazing about this city is it's a mixed salad of nationalities, colors, beliefs, I mean, everything. So when someone says there's a problem, be it race or religion or nationality, I say, come here. I say, no one is looking at the other saying, oh, you're different, you, you know, why are you following this faith or you should believe in this or look at me, I'm superior. Everyone is united and living in harmony with each other. You know, my kids go to school, they'll have at least 10 different nationalities in their classroom. 
they'll have at least three to four religions in their classroom, right? Wow. And they, they all see each other as equal and they're playing together and they're enjoying each other's company. Wow. So that world does exist. And Dubai is not the only place. There are places around the world where everyone just sees each other as equal. You know, it all depends on a common goal. You know, and I'll use a very simple example. But I remember I went to a, a musical concert. The Red Hot Chili Peppers came to town. And again, being a city which is, or a country which is very diverse, you had lots of different types of people uh, you know, at this venue, be it age, be it race, be it religion, be it whatever. But they all went there to enjoy the performance. They were all united. So when you have a common theme, when you have a common goal, the power of unity was just amplified and it was the, the ambience was spectacular. So, you know, whenever I go through these kind of events where you see lots of cultural uh, diversity and everyone mm -hmm. in harmony and having a good time, that just reassures me that there is humanity out there and we just have to change our lens rather than looking at it through the lens that perhaps we grew up with or that the news or other people are trying to, you know, shove down our throats. How about we look at through the lens that, you know what? If we cut each other open, our blood is the same color, our organs are the same, perhaps mm -hmm. we are the same. Mm -hmm. you know, looking, trying to find what's the difference between you and I. How about finding the similarities and the commonalities and understanding one another? I love what all of you said earlier. You know, it's about changing your perspective. Yeah. Wow. I love it. And that's, and you know what, Sahils, for some, some people living in North America, because I lived in different parts of North America, it, that's like a dream, you know, <laughs> like, like Dean, how do you respond to that? It's like, what? <laughs> Uh-oh. Right. So, okay. So in, in going back to, um, you know, cause the reality for a lot of folks and I don't know why they, they say America is, you know, leading the charge of the world. Uh, but you know, it may be China or maybe America, who knows, but nonetheless, a lot of communities in North America, I'm going to include Canada and Mexico that, uh, are, that are segregate with their own culture. You know, and so the integrating of another culture, especially when, and, and Dean, I heard when you said, you know, you watch the news and all that sort of stuff, because everything is about perspective, right? And on the news, they share one perspective. So they will share to the point, almost to the extent where people in this, that with that same grade, even other black folks may have an unconscious fear of other black folks just because of what they're being programmed with. You know, it's it's so it's media does play a huge role in it. So what have you since discovered, Dean? What what have you uncovered if you know coming from a perspective of growing up with folks maybe that kind of looked like you and it was one way of thinking and then you just kind of opened up this world to like, wait, what? <laughs> so what what what's your take right now? Well, I guess is is, is a like I said before, a humble um, approach to learn and to look and to open my eyes and to look for opportunities to to, to engage and to participate and and to be and to be stretched. You know, I there was a there was a rally in in March and in early June that I participated in. Never before had I ever even considered something like that. Alongside my son, we, you know, we, we participated in that. Just, just stepping out in that direction just provided, 
you know, an opportunity and an experience that, that I had never had before. Um, there's, you know, what was the most shocking thing that you've discovered so far that you, I'm sorry, say that again. What was the most shocking thing that you've discovered in your, I would say your knowledge journey of, of the separation that you just never thought of before? Um, I don't, I would say that my perspective was that, you know, slavery is over, you know, the civil rights, you have, black people have their, all their rights. And, you know, that's almost long ago, even though my brain knows that it hasn't been that long, but I really thought that those things were, for lack of a better phrase, water into the bridge, that they, they, were, they were done. And that, that's not, the, that's not the case at all. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I'm curious for both of you. Um, you know, we, we've had this debate and everybody has different thoughts, but when you hear Black Lives Matter versus, if it is a versus, all lives matter, how, do you, how does that resonate with you? Are you, more, do you? are you more on the side of, yeah, all lives matter, so let's, let's talk about all these other, you know, challenges, or do you lean on and understand where, why the Black Lives Matters has been parsed out of everybody um, to be able to be highlighted. So what's your take on, on those words? Well, I would, I would, I would say that, you know, everybody would agree that all lives matter, but, but the spotlight, the, 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 the current situation is to illuminate the darkness that has been depressed for so long for, for black lives. And, and, and we're at a, we're at the issue of acknowledgement right now. You know, I, I would, I think you would agree that, that it's been, ex it's been exposed. It's been heightened. You look at the New York times bestseller list and there's books there that two months ago never would have been. So, so we're at a level of acknowledgement. Mm -hmm. The real question is, are we just going to, acknowledge it and then go back to our own separate <clears throat> white picket fence communities and and feel good about ourselves because we acknowledge it without without doing anything about it. I, believe me i don't i don't know that i don't have i don't have the answer so it's just my approach to again to learn to listen to grow and and to engage and, and then to to impact the, my circle of people that i that i come in contact with not to argue with them to enlighten them, to give them my perspective on what I've learned and and to challenge them to go search out, to go read, to go engage. You know, I, I, I work in my neighborhood and Lester, I, I know I commented a few days ago when you said it's hard to pull yourself up from your bootstraps when you don't have anything. <laughs> I've got three doors down from me mm -hmm. that doesn't have any boots. Yes. Three weeks, I could, I could do a whole show. I mean, he, he has some shoes, but basically he is in a point where he is, he, he does not have much at all. I, you know, I'm not trying to, to brag on, on different things, but the perspective to engage, to, to get into his life and to, to come to the point where, where he will call me and ask for a ride to work. He will come over and ask me to borrow my ladder because he's going to make some money doing something else in the neighborhood. And for him to tell me, 
I've never had anybody be interested in me or to or to care about me. And he didn't say I didn't have anybody white to do that, but right. but, but to have that have that relationship just with that one one person is is validation that you know that, that that's the direction we need to go. And, and again, not going to change the world, but one person at a time and just taking those steps individually. And, and I really think God will, will lead you to, to, to the next step. Right. That's amazing. That, that is really, so Hill, what have you learned about, you know, American policies? How, how do they actually differ in America than from, you know, Dubai? What, what are you seeing from your country to our country? What are some of the things that surprised you? Well, what shocks me is, you know, a lot of people look at the Middle East and they say, okay, it's a monarchy, right? You have a ruler. There's no, there's no democracy. So in, in, you know, in theory, things should be maybe not as good for us because we're dependent on one man and whatever he says goes. And, -hmm. you know, you think that when you look at a country as, you know, the economic power, the, 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 the firepower and just, you know, the legal system being so advanced, you'd think that things would be a lot more fair for the people. And, mm. and so for me, it was kind of strange because I said, hey, wait a minute. What, if, what I'm seeing in the news, I, would, I wouldn't have expected it over there. I would have probably expected it in, in places where, you know, where they say apparently we're suppressed. So it was kind of a shock in my mind that, that mm. it was going on. Uh, you know, from a holistic level, right? Like that, why is it still happening? Because mm-hmm. the U.S. is, you know, the largest, uh, um, you know, number one economy democracy. Yes, the largest democracy might be India, but U.S. economically is the strongest. And mm-hmm. I just would not expect that from such a power nation. So that was that was kind of a, a battle that was playing in my head that what's going on here? And, you know, just to add one quick perspective on this is, you know, you mentioned do all lives matter or black lives matter? I think it really depends on where in the world you live, right? Because everywhere in the world or in many parts of the world, there is some community that is that has some sort of um, unfairness to it, you know? So perhaps it's someone who follow a community that follows a particular religion. It could be a, a race, it could be a color. So it really depends where in the world you look. And that defining statement will differ depending on which country or which continent you look at. So perhaps in the U.S., you know, as uh, Dean mentioned, the spotlight perhaps is more on the black uh, black lives because it is a, a a community that has been disadvantaged. In another country, it could be something completely different. So from an international perspective, I always say all lives matter because I believe that you know, as I mentioned earlier, we're all the same. You know, we're all beautiful human beings, all beautiful global citizens. And if we just change our mindset from hate, anger, and fear, because sometimes what you don't know is, you know, you fear it to compassion, love, and empathy. Mm -hmm. Wow. I mean, can you just imagine how the world would be? Mm. You know, and I love what Dean said about helping one person. But here's the thing. You help one. Changing one can change a few. And changing a few can change many. And changing many can change the world. But it all starts with one. So, you know, we're all responsible to make an impact to anyone around us who needs help and, 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 and you know, raise their, their levels. So that's, that's yes. my perspective. 
I love it. I think that's um, I think that's that's really it's a very fascinating perspective and 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 it's it's a real perspective, you know, to the point where there's a lot of people who who may not have ever imagined to be able to mix with so many different nationalities to the point where we're like, well, we're all one. We're and it's literally a reality shown in the media, shown in your schools. So very empowering. Um, and you mentioned something about changing, and you uh, change, and you both talked about how you know it could start with one, and it's really about perspectives. Is is uh, the, one of the main reasons why we're doing this show is to say, okay, we'll take one perspective, and you know, if it's an empowering one, and it's it's going to move people forward, we want to spread it. So, Dean, what has been your experience with sharing this new? new-ish, I guess, found perspective that you may have had for the Black community um, and some of the challenges that have been experienced, what has been your, what has been the response when you go to share it with your own peers in your own community? Well, I, I think um, it's been received um, relatively positive, but again, it's because I've approach it with the relationships that I have with people in one-on-one. -on -one. It hasn't been um, a social media post and and banter back and forth with folks. I mean, I'm, I'm not disagreeing that there isn't a place for that, but that's not my platform. I don't, I don't, uh, I'm not eloquent enough in my speech to do that. So, so I, I work with one-on-one -on -one -on -one with people. So I, you know, I had a, I had a customer that was a, casual i guess you would call casual friend that i i painted her baby's room uh last month and and we we engaged in conversation and i and i shared what was on my heart and things and she had interest in those books those movies what what else and it wasn't like oh you you need to do this it was just sharing what i had learned and then she reciprocated she was the one asking for information and, and you know what, for everybody who's watching, I just want to take a moment out to say hello to all of our viewers. Thanks for tuning in. Um, we have Elle and Jada, Marlon, Nia, how are you, my dear? Auntie Janice, hello, darling. Donald, um, we have Sankofa, what's going on? Um, Dr. Miniki, hello, hello. So it's great to have you guys watching. We are just tapping in here with Dean, who's coming from Missouri, and we have Sahil, who's coming out from Dubai. And we're really unpacking, we're sticking a little bit in the Black Lives Matter movement, mainly because there's such a disparity between, um, you know, integrating cultures with these two uh, countries, let's say the US and Dubai. Um, so it, it just it just offers a really empowering perspective for us all. And I love what you said, Dean, about starting with one person at a time. A lot of people are asking, what what can we do? I, I, I heard that a lot in the beginning. Um, people who are outside of the black culture, they're like, ah, this is terrible. Nobody deserves that. What can we do to help? So everybody wanted to know what to do. And I also believe that there is a strong place to just start with one person and start with the educating, you know, nudge a friend, you know, talk to, you know, those little conversations, they go really far, even opposed to a social media post. So, so you know, yeah, then, and I would, mm -hmm. oh, please, I'm go sorry, ahead. I, I, I would say have, have a real conversation with that person, not just assume you know them because 
they're a neighbor and you say hi to them and you rake leaves together with them. I mean, there's a difference between, hey, I, you know, I know my black neighbor, I know their name, I know blah blah blah, versus talking to them about something yeah. that's really, really um, deep. That's a stretch. <laughs> no, please. That's such a good point. I know a lot of people, um, Sahil, when they go into saying, oh, yeah, we're diversified, like you you are experiencing. Some people here in North America, they would say, oh, yeah, no, I'm, you know, I'm not, I'm not racist. I, I have a black neighbor. I say hello to them, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and then that's their stance. So I love what you said, Dean, just really actually, you know, it's basically treating people like human beings. You know, it's not really a hard ask. It's, it's just treat them with the respect that you would like and you deserve and, 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 and that they deserve. So I love it. Um, Sahil, then why don't you tell us a little bit about, uh, you know, I know you've been working in the fields of empowerment and, and you know, what, what can some people do when their minds are full? Because I feel like there is a particular weight in the USA right now. It could be because of Corona. It could be because of the nervousness of business and income stress or people stress or, or cultural stress. Um, what are some things that you have experienced, whether through your own work or through living in Dubai, um, that people can do to kind of alleviate that weight? And I know you are a declutter coach. So what are some, what's a perspective that you can give to help us move this ball forward and release the weight? Great question, Chantel. So the first thing is, as you mentioned, we have a lot of mental clutter, right? And if you want to have things enter your life, you need to free up space, right? Mm. So if you're able to remove some of this mental clutter, you can bring love, compassion, empathy, hobbies that you have, anything that's more positive that's bringing you joy and happiness, right? Mm. So here are some simple things that I, I suggest to people that they can do. One is get up in the morning. So as you know, I got up early in the morning for this talk. But get up, early, you know, one hour earlier or at least half an hour earlier and have some sort of morning routine. <laughs> have some sort of a morning routine. Because if you start your day and, you know, you, you, you pick up your phone, and I was guilty of this, and I start reading, there's some negative news on there. It's usually negative, right? They're, they're instilling fear in us. It's the, the markets are bad or the, this one got shot or there's a war here, whatever it is. But that's some of the first things that you're seeing. How do you think your state of mind is? And that, do you want that to be the way you start your morning? What if you woke up a little bit earlier and said, okay, no to technology, no to newspapers, and I'm just going to focus on me for a little while. Right. So perhaps you just move around a little bit first. You know, you could walk around your house or apartment, uh, just get some movement, get the blood flowing, do some deep breathing. Because there's a lot of, you know, uh, we've been sleeping for many hours. Let's get the oxygen to the cells and become alive again. Do some meditation. Right. And, you know, I know people have said, oh, I tried that once and it didn't work. And I say, well, look, when you went from crawling to walking, you didn't say, ouch, I fell on my bum, it hurts, I'm not going to walk for the rest of my life, I'm just going to sit here or crawl. So, you know, keep at it, be persistent and, and calm the mind because it's very important to balance between mind and heart. And once you have that, get out a, a book, get out a journal and start writing, your, you know, things that you're grateful for. You know, even in these tough times, I'm grateful to get three meals uh, on you know daily 
I'm grateful to be with my loved ones. I'm grateful to have a healthy, happy life. Whatever it is for you, write it down. There's so many things that are wrong, but guess what? There's so many things that are going right as well in your life. So write those things down. And can you imagine how you feel at the end of that? You feel amazing. So now you've started your day with a positive state of mind. Imagine what you can achieve with that high energy and positivity versus waking up and reading something negative and you're like, ugh. And you know, and then you have when you keep seeing that, then you start your day bad. You start with hatred or, or anger or fear, whatever it is. But now you're starting your day with compassion, love, or empathy. So you can achieve a lot more. So that would be my number one tip is just wake up that little bit earlier, half an hour, 20 minutes, whatever works for you, and get into some sort of a morning routine that elevates your life and elevates your spirit. So Sahil, tell me something. What different has happened in this new normal than what was before? What were, you, what were your actions before versus now? How are you living in today's time? So, you know, before I, I felt there was a lot of noise in my life, right? There was a lot of, you have to go, you know, people had a lot of what everyone refers to as FOMO, right? The fear of missing out. So you'd have to go meet people. You had to get everything done. You're just always on the run. But, you know, it's like they say, even if you take a, a small box of chocolates and you hold it out with your ha on your hand and you stretch it all the way out, at some point it becomes really heavy. And it can start causing pain. And that's what's happening. If we're always on the run and we're that hamster on the wheel, we're never having any time to reflect. Where do I want to go? What is it that I want to do? What did I, what happened today? Was I happy with the outcome? Or, you know, should, is there something I could have done better? Did I give back to society? You know, and when you, when, you know, what's beautiful about this time during Corona is we've had time to ourselves. Right? Yeah. We've had time to reflect. And now we can decide. What is it that I was doing before that's clearly not important because I didn't even think about it during these you know, few months of restricted access or lockdown? Hmm. And how about I be more conscious about it and not introduce them back in my life because they clearly had no value? Let me focus on things that matter most and let me reflect and now enter the new world in the way I wish I wanted to be. So I like that. One of the things yeah. that I also tell people is we can't, we don't know when the vaccine's coming out. We don't know when things could get better. But one thing we can do is improve our immunity. And the beautiful thing that I've learned is that the majority of illnesses are caused by lifestyle. So if you just change your lifestyle, quite a lot of those, you know, medical challenges or distractions that were, you know, in your body can disappear. I love that. Live, learning to live your life a little bit differently on purpose that helps so dean let me ask you the same question what you know what differently have you that you were doing before corona that you're now living with how does a new normal look to you versus the old normal <laughs> hmm. well the new normal is is there's not as much uh, interaction with family members Mm -hmm. So that, that's really a, a downside of it. I've got two, two granddaughters, especially my wife and I, you know, we, we see them, but we see them at a distance. So the, so the sleepovers and spoiling and the hugs and uh, oh. are, are, um, are, are missed. And you know, we love seeing them, but it's almost, it's almost more painful goodbyes after you see them because it's the realization that 
that there's not that that closeness. Um, I, I'm I'm in a I'm in a kind of a unique perspective because as a small business owner, my business wasn't impacted greatly. I'm a one man painting crew, so that I could still had enough work to go in vacant or in commercial jobs where there wasn't any people around. So I almost lived this this two two life during Corona because I I could go and work, but my wife is at home and and does not have any interaction with even things. It's all online when, when she does. So it's really painful to to see that and to, to, to see that magnified of, of, as far as the, the non-interaction physically with family and other friends. You know, that, that's, that's, um, that's great that, you know, you're able to still keep it uh, moving. And, you know, it, it just makes me now think like, you know, today we want to unpack a little bit about like understanding what the current state is and then obviously understanding on what to do next. So, so with, with all that, let me ask a question for all our viewers that are watching. And as you know, I'll put it up on the screen. It's, it's, it's really more of wanting to understand, you know, where is everybody at? Do we believe that there, that we have clarity on what we can do to move ahead? So, or, or is it something that, you know, that we're still kind of itching our heads? So what do, do you know what to do to make the next positive impact on your life? That's the question we want to ask everybody. So everybody who's watching, if you do know what to do, press one and say, yes, I know what to do to make a positive impact next on my life. So press give us a one if that's true. If you're still kind of scratching your head and not really sure what you can do, um, type number two and let's unpack it together. So yes, number one, if you know what you can do to make a positive impact. If number two, which is a no, type number two. So Dean, with all the information that you've gathered right now, what can you do? Have you, you know, what is something that you're, you're, that you're gleaning that uh, with all that you've learned, what can you do next to be able to, to continue this momentum? Are you talking specifically about the Black Lives Matter movement? Yeah, with the Black Lives Matter, yeah. Um, I would say not, not be pleased or not checking the box thinking, oh, wow, I've learned XYZ, I'm, I'm better than I was before. I, again, I'll go back to the word acknowledgement. Not be content with just acknowledging or just being, um, gaining an understanding in more depth, but to take that next step forward, whether that means learning even more or engaging more, or engaging deeper, even with the people that I've scratched the surface with. To, to really, I, I use a phrase, you know, a, a, a true a true friend really is you 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 understand their dirty laundry in their basement. I mean, if you can get to that level where it's not just casual conversations, it's sharing meals, it's spending time, but but to get down to to a to a detailed conversation, and you know, and, and as far as the topic goes, that means being vulnerable and being transparent with somebody that doesn't look like me. And, um, you know, again, I'll, I'll go to my, my neighbor a few doors down. I mean, I'm sure he thought I was pretty crazy the first 
time that I asked him, Tony, what did you feel when, when you rang my doorbell asking for my ladder and I wasn't home, but I told you you could have it, but nobody was home and you walked around the side of my house to pick it up. I, I mean, before the last month, I never even considered that he was at risk. And so for me to, to engage at that was, 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 was taking this new form knowledge that I had and not just being comfortable with, oh, wow, I learned something, but to, to, to reach out and ask mm. how, how he feels with that situation. That is a big perspective. That is a great yeah. perspective, you know, perspective. It made me remember one time as being a police officer, I saw two white guys walking down the street with a couch and nobody worried about it. And then I saw two black guys and people called the police. <laughs> Same couch, just <laughs> who was carrying the couch, how, how somebody would see them differently. Right. And that, when you said that, it just brought it back to my mind, how perspective of people when they're seeing it, What's the difference between the same couch and two two people carrying it? Right. <laughs> so that was, a, that's a powerful yeah. statement. Yeah, I'm an observant person. You know, I've got an industrial engineering degree, so I mean, I, all all my skills are observation and 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 so, so again, not to say that I'm at some plateau that I that I'm comfortable with, but you know, this is this is my background and, and my life has brought me up certain steps to this point to where I could have easily said, oh, wow, that's great. You know, I mean, I, I had a friend that went to hockey games with, he was the only black man in the whole place other than the vendors, you know, 15 years ago. So, so you know, I, I've been aware of certain things. And again, uh, I'll go back to, to my point earlier, wherever you are, especially a white person, you just need to take that next step of listening and learning. It doesn't look the same as, as what it is for me because it's based on all of your experiences in the past. But but to not be satisfied with thinking you understand, you know, just because of X, Y, Z, it's really taking taking one step in the uncomfortableness. And, and, you know, I'm almost 60 years old, so I know that whenever I'm exposed to something that I'm uncomfortable with, that I shouldn't leap towards that, not because I like to be uncomfortable, but because I learn through that and I'm a better person after that. Thank wow. you. Go ahead, Tantel. Absolutely. Thank you. That's, that's really um, very admirable of you. And, uh, and I, and I just pray all those who are watching and listening, no matter what uh, community you come from or represent, um, because these these lessons are not only for Black Lives Matter, it's not only for Corona, it's actually things that you can apply to your entire life in general. So so absolutely just lean in and, um, you know, get real with people, get to know them and, and just kind of understand their perspective and, and move with wisdom with that. So Dina, I love that. Um, the last question for, for you, Sahil, I just wanted to, to gain, um, I know that it's different, you know, and I feel like there is almost like a facade. I mean, kind of touching on what Dean said earlier, there was like a facade of, you know, aren't we all free? And, you know, we, we're, we're America, it's the land of free. 
Um, and, and yet Dubai, you know, you guys have a, a ruler and it may not be free, but it's almost as if what it appears to be is actually the, the complete opposite almost. <laughs> so what would you say? Do you think that, um, do you think that there's any level of, of uh, let's say, isms? You know, whether it's sexism, racism, um, you know, whatever ism that is out there, it could be against, you know, with entrepreneurs, uh, it, it, it could be against with women, it could be, is there any sort of ism that you think that you would like to help the community overcome in Dubai? Because right now it sounds like a fantastic place to be. Uh, you might just have everybody jumping on a plane <laughs> and saying, I want to be free. I'm going to Dubai. As a matter of fact, we know a few people that have done that. So is there anything that you want to um, just to share a perspective on and highlight so that we can all be cognizant, not of you know the challenges, but of things for us to keep in mind, to stay focused so that we can continue freedom. So if I go back 13 years when I first came here, it's, it was a very different city than what it is today. You know, when I came 13 years ago, for example, in, in, in Islam, you have the holy month of Ramadan, and this is the month of fasting. And during this period, you would see that you know they would only eat from sunset till sunrise, right? So during the day they would be fasting, and during that period, all restaurants, you know, everything would be closed. You know, you'd find perhaps in some hotels there'd be one, uh, you know, coffee shop that's open. So when I used to come initially, you know, before I moved here, I'd have to find that one, you know, few hotels where they had a, you know, coffee shop where they had curtains around the shop so no one could see but you were allowed to eat there. Now, fast forward till today, because it's such a multi, you know, multicultural, it's so diverse. During the month of Ramadan, you now have a lot of restaurants that are open. You have bars that are open because they realize that, look, if you have lots of people from other cultures who are following different religions, who have different lifestyles, you know, we shouldn't have to impose and force our belief on them. And so now it's become completely open, you know. Mm. Uh, you know, a lot of people say that it's it's you know it, it, it's not so tolerant. But they just announced, I think it was about six months or twelve months ago, that they're building a site in Abu Dhabi, which is the the capital of the UAE. They're building a site where they're having a church, a mosque, and a synagogue, all in the same compound, to highlight diversity and say that different faiths can be together and live in harmony with one another. So, you know, it, it, it comes from the top. The leadership has to push and promote diversity, unity, equality, and that's when it becomes a reality. And I've, I've seen it happen in the 13 years I've been here. Now, yes, one thing that doesn't exist here is perhaps, you know, uh, relationships between people uh, who are of the same gender, okay? Uh, that's not uh, legal in this part of the world. So, you know, there are certain things that are still perhaps more conservative compared to the U.S. But in other areas of life, I find that it's completely, I mean, I don't find that being someone, uh, you know, I consider myself a global citizen, but I've, I've, I'm born and raised in Belgium. I'm of Indian origin. You know, I don't feel out of place at all over here. I feel very welcome. I feel very yeah, integrated. And, you know, not once do I think I'm living in an Islamic uh, country. I feel I'm living in any multinational 
city that exists in the world. It's, it's no different from being in perhaps like a New York or London, uh, which by the way, I've lived in both those cities, but yeah. I found here it's, it's, it's more open. There's a lot of tolerance. I think the right word is tolerance. And you know, the, the year 2019, well, I hope I'm not mixing this up. 2000, or, or I think it was 2019 was the year of tolerance. So they were really pushing that. They were really pushing different cultures, different societies, different ways of thinking. And it's like, let's understand the other person. You know, wow. what do they see? What are their perspectives? Because can you imagine when you're on the metro over here and you just, if you, if you keep your mouth shut and you just keep your ears wide open, you might hear 10 different languages. You know, so like, wow, I'm, I'm, this is really global unity, right? I mean, it's, 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 it's fantastic. And if it can happen here in such a short span of time, in 13 years, I've seen that progress, it can happen anywhere. But it has to start with, I believe, the, 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 the leadership, you know, yeah. the, the people running the country, the government, they need to keep pushing this as well. Yeah. Dean, do you think that that could be the uh, future for the U.S.? As he described. <laughs> well, and we've got a long way to go. But <laughs> yeah, we do. Yes, we do. Yeah. Well, you know what? It, it's I just love the, the 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 conversation today. I just I, I thank you both for your transparency, your honesty. Um, both very humble and and sharing such an empowering perspective because we need to hear this. We need to know that, you know, there's other cultures that are getting educated on not just the world issues, but like the issues between each other. You know, I look at us all as brother and sisters, you know, and so just the issues in between each other. And so Dean, I appreciate you coming on and, and just sharing your experience and, you know, from how you were raised to have to perhaps what's going on in the society, how that has, you know, made you lean in. And now you're, you know, speaking to people on a one-on-one -on -one basis and getting to know them and, and really making it personal. And uh, Sahil, I, I just love that your, your perspective of, you know, you're almost like, you're almost like our Mecca in a sense. This is where we're trying to move to. You're giving us that perspective of declutter your mind, you know, how to how to overcome and truly giving us inspiration. While we may have a, 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 a long way to go, but at least we can say that it's possible and it's being done in this day and age. So that's a beautiful thing. Gentlemen, do either of you have any final uh, thoughts that you want to share with the audience before we end the show? Whoever starts first. Dean, go ahead. I'll, let, I'll let you go first. <laughs> Well, I was just going to say thank you. I really appreciate the opportunity. Again, this this is not this is not my character. This is not how I was was raised or how I interacted, you know, for most of my life. So I really appreciate the opportunity to really get out of my comfort zone and to and to, and to share some things. Wow. Well, it's our pleasure, and thank you for doing it and making that decision. It was awesome having you. Yeah, I'd like to say, Chantel, that it's it's been amazing because I've heard the perspective of someone who's, you know, born and raised in the US. You've heard a perspective of me where I've lived, you know, this is now country number five. And the only message I can say is that sometimes you don't know something is possible until you see it and feel it for yourself. Mm -hmm. So my only two cents to everyone out there is open your eyes and see 
where this harmony does exist. And once you see it and you visit that place, you go, oh my goodness, it can be a reality. And then go back and you go, I want to be the change so that I experience that in my hometown. You know, so travel, I think travel adds to diversity. Go see the world and see how many happen with, you know, with your own eyes, interact with the people, eat the food, listen to the music, speak to them, and then come back and go, I can make this happen. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's great. I love it. Lester, we did it again, my friend. <laughs> yeah, you know, we loved being able to hear the perspective, to live our lives on purpose, and to see so many people with, you know, true perspectives that touch someone's lives. Understand, everybody meets somebody. Don't always stick to the people that you're used to. Find out someone else and see what they've been thinking about life and live your life with them instead of just through them. So that's my thought of this day. I love it. I love it. Well, you know what, guys? It has been such a pleasure having you on the show. I know that, um, you know, whether there are people who are watching live or catching us on the replay, the podcast, um, or the YouTube channel, that, uh, you know, it's just opening up their minds to, to worlds. That's really what, that's my main takeaway. And I will just share that in my closing message. So hang tight, and we're just going to wrap the show up. Thank you. Thank you. What an awesome show today. I appreciate each and every one of you who are watching today. We Today we got to hear almost opposite, opposite uh, scenarios of, of the state of affairs right now, where we heard from a gentleman in Dubai, we heard from a gentleman in the US. And one of the key things is really is that when we learn to open up and receive other people's perspectives, to really understand that there is a way out, that there is a way we can be you know, live in harmony. There is a way where you can play a role, and and I love the I love the idea of being able to travel and just start to see, expand your mind, expand your possibilities. We are wrapping up the season three. We only have a few more episodes left, and this is all about the power of perspective. So today, I hope you take away um, a perspective that. No matter how how you grew up, no matter what values were instilled, sometimes you really gotta cross-examine it, you know, cr cross all the T's and dot all the I's and, and just make sure that you know what's really going on in the world. Look at your leadership, look at what's in the media, look at what people are saying, because when you start to really lean in and gain knowledge and understanding, it will shift your life. So thank you guys for watching today. I appreciate you guys having having uh, having us and appreciate all the loves, all the likes. Um, we see a comment here. Perspective is key, not only yours, but others too. Lean in and get to know people, understand their perspective. Amen to that. So we shall see you tomorrow for another episode of the Wake Up and Live show. It's at the same time, 630 uh, Pacific time and 930 Eastern time. And always remember, you have one life, make it count, and navigate on purpose. We'll see you tomorrow.